Hey everybody, we are just a few hours away from 2019 and man, I am so excited and so expectant for what's going to happen in this upcoming year. Um, before we get into the message, because I want to give a little 20 minute uh, kind of thought, some thoughts on what's coming up in 2019, uh, I just want to highlight why we're doing this for Church at Home. Uh, if you haven't been at Connect for longer than a year, you probably wouldn't be familiar with what we're doing. But ultimately, what this Sunday serves as is a Sunday to give our dream team a little bit of a rest and a break. In 2018, we had an incredible year. I mean, we saw uh, about a thousand people give their lives to Christ this year. We had an incredible amount of events, things that we were doing. And so, dream team, I want to celebrate you, honor you, and salute you this year for all the hard work you put in. And we made a difference collectively together. And so that's really what we are doing today is we're having church at home where hopefully you're surrounded by family or friends and listen to this on YouTube or on Facebook or online, surrounded by family and uh, maybe around a campfire, whatever it may be. Um, I'm just excited to be able to share a word with you today that I believe is going to really help you and equip you and really challenge you for this upcoming year. Now, before we get into it, I want to share a little bit of a story. Um... Uh, kind of our custom around our household is we'll wake up around 7, 7.15 in the morning. And uh, I have a son. His name is Zion Joshua. My wife and I have a son named Zion. He's eight months old. And literally, this happens nearly five out of the seven days of the week. Uh, I'll walk into Zion's room. And as soon as I open his door, he is smiling from ear to ear. Just so much joy on this dude's face. He is full of joy. I'll pick him up. I'll hug him. I'll hold him. He's laughing already. He always greets the day with tons of joy. But as I breach the door and as I open the door, he's full of joy. But let me tell you something else. He's always full of crap. <laughs> he's got a heavy diaper all the time, every time, literally without exception. And so I just thought... As I was thinking about this and, and taking a little inventory of this story, I thought to myself, if I reflected on 2018 and if I reflected on what's to come in 2019, I think this picture serves us well, where every day or really every year is full of joy. And honestly, it's full of crap. <laughs> we got some high moments, we got some high highs, and then we had some low lows in 2018. I can certainly speak this for myself. We had moments where it was amazing and we had some awesome moments but then I had some really dark moments and some tough things that I had to go through. And what I find a lot of times is the year that we are, that we are approaching um, will have an agenda for us. It'll have incredible blessings and it will have hard knocks. There will be tons of opportunities with pain and with joy. And scripture has a lot to say about this, but I really want to do a little autopsy on this one passage in Psalm chapter 30. Let me get my Bible for it. Psalm chapter 30, David is speaking and he's talking to God first. The first three verses, he's talking to God about all the incredible things that God has done for David in his life and begins to worship and praise him. In verse four, the narrative changes from David to God and then it goes from David to his people that he leads. And this is what he says. Verse four, it says this. Sing the praises of the Lord, you his faithful people. Praise his holy name. For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. And here's the key verse. For weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. Another translation would say, pain endures for the night, but there's joy in the morning. And I want to do a little, uh, I don't know, dissecting these two words of pain and of joy. Because what I know to be true is in 2019, it will be a year full of, unfortunately, pain, 
because the Bible promises this, but also incredible joy. And here's what I want to do for the next 15 minutes. I want to teach you how to increase in joy and then how to grow from pain. How to increase in joy and how to grow from pain. Because I know that in life, this always happens is that we will be handed painful situations but those painful situations don't have to define what we, who we are or what we do, but we can actually be not destroyed from them, but developed from them. And then I just think we need to grow in joy. Now, if you're from uh, a church background or, or been raised in church, you'd be familiar with this song. And for those of you that are not familiar with the song that I'm about to sing, consider it pure joy, my brothers. You do not know this song. There's a song that goes like this, and maybe you'll hear it and you'll, I want you to start singing along with me in your living room. I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. Down in my heart. I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart to stay. That's how it goes. Now, anytime I ever heard that song, I always thought to myself, bro, if the joy is down in your heart, why is it not on your face? Like, you got something going on with your face because there's no joy on your face. And I always thought to myself, like, why is it so deep-rooted, deep down in the hearts of people? It should be showcased in their everyday life. And what I find to be true in society, period, is a lot of people, they will show their pain and they'll hide their joy. It's a lot of times, this is what just happens with me just through observation. I'll see people that they literally wear their pain on their face and they hide their joy. And so I just think we should do a little bit of a teaching autopsy on these two things, pain and of joy. And the first thing I want to highlight is pain. Now, I wrote down a couple thoughts that I want you to consider today. And maybe you should take some notes. Uh, I think some of these will really help you. But I wrote this down in my notes. But listen, pain is unavoidable, but pain isn't eternal. Now, I want you to know this, is that just because there is pain approaching and Scripture promises that pain will approach, we see it all throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus, who lived a perfect and sinless life, uh, he, was, he came in contact with pain all the time. And so this man who was perfect had pain. How many know we're going to experience some pain in life? But I learned this in life is that pain is unavoidable. But listen, it's not eternal. You might be going through something right now, um, whether it be the start of a new year and you're nervous about something or you're reminiscing on some of the pain and the tragedies that happened in 2018. And listen, just because pain is unavoidable, it, does, it is not eternal meaning that this is a season that is going to pass. And let me just declare that over your life today, is that this is a season, it's going to pass. But one thing I learned, and this is something I would highly encourage you to write down, pain uh, is inevitable, but listen, misery is optional. And so a lot of people will go through pain and they'll rehearse the pain over and over and over and over again. It'll be a videotape in their mind that they constantly are confronted by. And I've just learned that, listen, pain is inevitable. You're going to experience some pain in 2019, but misery is optional. You don't have to keep rehearsing that thing over and over again. You can actually get better from it. And something I just wrote down here is this, is that you can't avoid pain, so you might as well embrace pain. In other words, pain can become your greatest teacher in your entire life. Pain is that thing. Pain is a weapon that if harnessed correctly, it can be the best teacher that you'll ever have. Now... I learned this, uh, I was reading this book, and it was kind of highlighting different categories of pain. And if you want to write these down, you can. But you're going to experience three different challenges in 2019. You're going to experience external challenges. Uh, you're going to experience internal struggles, and you're going to experience growing pains. External challenges, internal struggles, and then growing pains. Now let me highlight and break down external struggles, external challenges. Um, 
I remember this one time, I was literally just saying to a friend of mine, we were having this conversation. I'm like, bro, he's asking me, how are you doing? How are you doing? How's, how's the marriage? How's the house? Um, how, how is life? And I was like, dude, I am just, I'm excited. I'm living life right now. Uh, honestly, and I use this phrase, I'm just comfortable. I'm just happy. We found our rhythm. My wife and I found our rhythm. We're starting to get the hang of things. And I'm just comfortable. It wasn't one day later, my wife comes into my office on a Monday morning, on a Tuesday morning. And she was like, babe, we're pregnant. And I'm like, oh my God, like this whole thing just boom, this is a massive challenge that I was about to face. And I'm thinking to myself, I literally just got comfortable, God. Why are you not allowing me to sit in this comfort for just a little bit? It was a challenge. And, and obviously I was so excited. Don't get me wrong. I was so excited. At the same time, I was terrified, absolutely terrified. I could not believe that I was about to be a dad. Now, two weeks before Zion comes into the world, I'm like, freaking out. I'm thinking to myself, these are the last two weeks I'll have of independence my whole life. I'm going to go out. I'm going to live it up. So I was like, yo, me and my buddies, we need to go to Dave and Buster's and we just need to turn up. I'm pretty sure I fell asleep at like 830 that night. Like I'm full dad mode now. But I just experienced this external challenge. And I think in 2019, all of us are going to face external challenges. And then, and then here's another one is we'll face internal struggles. Now, I remember hearing this guy, he said this, and I want to make sure I say it correctly. But listen, sometimes a person can't sleep because of something they, they ate or something they're eating. But other times a person can't sleep because of what's eating them. See, there's a lot of times that we struggle with things internally. And these are battles that we face constantly. And so what I've learned is a principle of life. What I've learned is stress in and of itself is not necessarily a bad thing. Stress can actually help you. It can sharpen you. It can shape you and get you more focused and better. But too much unrelieved stress can actually lead to depression. So some of us might have so many different things going on in our life and so many things all around our heads and all around our minds that because of the quantity, the amount of problems that we have, that can cause some severe internal battle, internal struggle. And what I've learned is you have to kind of take one thing at a time and start to solve some problems. And I'm telling you, you'll start to see some of these internal battles go away. And I'm not saying all together, but I'm saying you, we will have some internal struggles, but stress isn't the problem. Unrelieved, too many unrelieved stressful things is the problem. So we'll face external challenges. We'll have internal struggles. And then what I, what I know to be true is we'll, we'll experience some growing pains. Now, like I said before, my wife and I, we just had, we are homeowners now. We've been homeowners for about nine months. And uh, I remember this one situation. I remember getting a bill in the mail and I was like, what in the world? I have to pay for water? Are you? I got a water bill. I'm like, who has to pay for water? I didn't know. I, I had no idea. I've never paid for water in my life. And then it triggered a memory where my mom used to say, as I was taking 20 minute showers, she's like, Devin, you don't pay the water bill of this household. You better get out unless you want to start paying it right now. My mom's got the fire of God in her. And uh, she put the fear of God in me. Let me just say that. Um, mom, I love you if you're watching this. Uh, I just remember uh, watching and I'm like, I'm experiencing this growing pain right now. I got this responsibility that I just inherited of a household. And I'm thinking, what a beautiful blessing it is to have a house. But how many know with every blessing comes responsibility? And so this was just a challenge that I had to face to grow in uh, maturity, to grow in adulthood. These are some growing pain experiences. And I know this. In our lives, we will experience pain. In 2019, you're going to experience some pain. But listen, pain is inevitable, but misery is optional. And just to review one more time, pain is unavoidable, but it isn't eternal. And I just want to leave you with that challenge today. Don't allow the pain of tomorrow to affect your future. 
Don't allow the pain of today to affect your future. I'm telling you, pain is the greatest teacher. And so we can use pain and grow from pain and get stronger because of pain. Now, let me switch the narrative over to joy because we learned some things about pain, but I want you to know something about joy. Um, Here's a couple things I wrote down. Number one, joy is a choice. Joy is, in fact, a choice. And if you have Jesus, you have joy. It is a bene- it's a part of the benefits package of salvation. If you got Jesus, you inherit the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit has these fruit that come with the relationship of the Holy Spirit. Peace, love, joy, kindness, patience. Look at Galatians 5 for further details. But you'll find that this is a benefit of a relationship with Jesus as you'll inherit joy. Now, I learned that joy is a choice. And I want you to look at this uh, scripture in Habakkuk chapter 3. This is how it says. Uh, Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 17 through 18 out of the Amplified Version. It says this, Though the fig tree does not blossom, and there is no fruit on the vines, though the yield of the olive fails, and the fields produce no food, though the flock is cut off from the fold, and there are no cattle in the stalls. Basically what he's saying is, my finances are jacked up, my relationships are jacked up, my future seems messed up. All these things are problematic that are all surrounding me. And I'm thinking to myself, what in the world am I going to do? All these things are caving down on me. But watch what the writer says. Yet I will choose to rejoice in the Lord. I love this. I will choose to shout in exultation to the victorious God of my salvation. So I wrote this down in my notes. Rejoicing is my choice. Rejoicing is my choice. I choose to have joy. Now, I wrote four practical things because I want to get real practical. I'm a practical kind of teacher. I wrote down four practical things in learning how to grow in joy, but also how to keep and sustain your joy. First one to write down would be this. You got to inherit no into your vocabulary. Everybody just say this together on three. One, two, three, no. Come on, didn't that feel good? Like, that should feel really good. I think what we need to learn how to do is introduce no into our vocabulary. Let me give you an example. Um, To increase in joy, you have to learn how to say the no word. Now, I remember when Zion was born, my son, we were walking into church. The first time we brought him to church, we were so excited. I could not wait to showcase and show off my son. Now, I knew ahead of time, and my wife and I had a conversation. We were saying, listen, I know a lot of people are going to want to hold him, touch him, feel him. Because uh, I was raised in this church. I literally was born in the second row in the church stalls. Like, you'll, you'll, you'll see. Like, I was born in the pews, basically. And so a lot of people knew me growing up. And so now that I have a son, they just want to hold him. And they want to touch him. They want to feel him. And the problem is that as a newborn, their immune system is not fully developed. And so if everybody's touching him, he can get very sick. He can get very ill. And so the doctor said, don't let everybody touch him. And so we were walking in with Zion. And, of course, the people flooded and uh, I'm some, some of you guys, I'm sure, are the people that are asking that, that are watching this right now. And uh, I want to tell you, I'm so sorry, but I had to say no to many of you because you were asking the questions of, hey, can I hold your son? Can I hold him? Can I hug him? And people were just touching his cheeks, touching his mouth. And a couple of people asked, Dev, can I, can I hold him? And it just took, like, I didn't want to be rude. I didn't mean to offend anybody, but I just had to say, like, I'm sorry, no. Uh, Because the doctor said uh, he's not vaccinated yet and he can get sick. So the reason I said no was not to offend somebody. It was to keep my son healthy. Now, here's the principle is when you introduce no into your vocabulary, you are maybe offending somebody. But the reality is you're, you're keeping your soul healthy. You're keeping your joy healthy and you're learning how to sustain your joy. Here was another one I wrote down about joy and how to keep it and how to maintain it and grow it. Number one, uh, number one, you got to make sure that you uh, say no. Number two, surround yourself with joy. I learned this about joy. Joy is contagious. 
And so if you're around negative people all the time, what do you expect but to inherit negativity? I heard somebody say, listen, if you run into a house that's full of fire, you will walk away smelling like smoke. And I just believe that's the same thing that is true with joy. If you're walking into a house of people that are full of joy, I'm telling you, you're walking away full of joy. If you walk into a house full of negativity, you are walking away from a house smelling and seeing and looking like negativity. So I think we need to make sure we surround ourselves with joy. Here's another one I just wrote down is being transparent. Now, I want you to understand the difference between transparency and honesty. See, because honesty is being honest after the fact or after something has happened. Transparency is being honest before anything ever happens. Now, I've learned this is I have to fight for a clean conscience. I have to fight to be transparent whenever I possibly can. And so I don't need everybody to know who I really am and the intricacies of who I am. I need a few people. And listen, you may not have a friend. Get a therapist. We are 100% huge advocates at Connect of Christian therapy of Christian counselors. Find somebody, but you need to just open your soul and say, this is who I am. I need to be transparent. And when somebody knows who you really are, I'm telling you, you will learn how to keep and to sustain your joy. And the last one I wrote down was this, is you need to learn how to be content. Contentment is a huge deal. Now, I love what Pastor Derek talked about just a few weeks ago. You should go on our YouTube or our podcast. First of all, subscribe and then watch that thing. Because I'm telling you, it was just an amazing message on the four keys to contentment. But go back and watch that thing. But here's something I wrote down in my notes that I felt like the Lord was telling me. Is true joy is not having what we want, but in wanting what we have. That's what true joy is. It's not simply just wanting what other people have. It's wanting what I already have and being thankful for that. I think we have so many things that we can be thankful for that oftentimes we don't rehearse in our minds. Matter of fact, we just kind of overlook the things that God has given us. You know, we used to pray for things that we now own and now attain, and we forgot about that, and we try and look for other things. And we need to retrain our mind. We need to have what science calls a neurogenesis, this experience in our minds where we literally retrain how we think, where our neural pathways can be realigned to say, I am thankful for what I have. You know, I might not have all the things that I, that I want right now, but I am so thankful that I got a car. It may not be my dream car, but at least it can get me from point A to point B. I may be in my uh, home. It might not be my dream home, but I thank God I got a roof over my head. We're healthy. My family's taken care of. I got legs. I got breath in my lungs. I got a purpose for my life. 2018 might have been a hard road, but 2019 I know is going to have its challenges, but man, it's going to have its blessings as well. And I cannot wait for that. I think if we learn how to have contentment, man, we will experience joy and we'll keep our joy and our joy will be increasing and growing. So just to review, to, in- to increase your joy, to keep your joy, here are the four things you need to have. You need to learn how to say no. You need to learn how to surround yourself with people who are joyful. You need to be transparent. Last one, we need to learn how to be content. And I just think if we learn that in 2019, we're going to experience pain, but we're going to experience joy. Because listen, pain can't stop us. Pain can't stop us if you choose to not let it stop you. But we need to showcase our joy more. I think as believers, it is all over scripture in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Ecclesiastes talks about enjoying life. Enjoying life. Live life to the full. It also talks about in Romans chapter 14, I believe it's verse 14. It says, for the kingdom of God is not merely eating and drinking. Basically, it's saying it's not all about rules and religion and all these parameters that you have to follow. It's about peace love, righteousness, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So in other words, a Christian life should be defined by joy. You should have a smile on your face all the time because I'm telling you, joy is a choice. 
And I want us to choose today in 2019, no matter what comes at us, no matter what pain approaches, we can choose joy in the midst of all that. So to close and conclude, I want to give you three things really quick that I just wrote down personally for my personal declarations for 2019. Number one is this, pain is my teacher. Pain is my teacher. It is my greatest teacher. It will not stop me. It will grow me. And I know the curriculum to the next level is through pain. And I'm going to choose today that in order to overcome some of the obstacles that I have, I need to realize that pain is my teacher. Pain is such a great teacher, and I'm going to allow it to develop me, not to destroy me. Second thing I just wrote down was this, is joy is my weapon. Listen, I learned something about joy. It can't be taken from me. I can only give it away. And so joy is something that is not circumstantial. It is not fleeting. It's fixed. That's what joy is. And so I'm going to choose today that joy is my weapon, and I'm going to showcase my weapon at all times. Um, I'm going to laugh hard, loud, and often. I'm going to do fun stuff, and I'm going to enjoy life. And I'm going to, most importantly, I'm going to enjoy God. This year, I'm learning that, one, pain is my greatest teacher. Joy is my greatest weapon. And the last thing, and I'll leave you with this, is this, is God is my priority. God is my priority in 2019. Is I learned this, is that... If I'm going to have the best year of my life, I have to have the best year of my life spiritually. First and foremost, Matthew 6, it talks about seeking first the kingdom of God and all these things and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to lean in this year. And so one of the things we're doing as a church all together is we're fasting and we're praying for 21 days. Ultimately, it's a tithe to God, giving the first days of the year to God saying, I'm going to give you this because you deserve this. And I'm going to sacrifice some things and replace those things that I used to have with God. That's what fasting is. And so I'm so excited for the start of our new year. Listen, if you're watching this, come to one of our prayer nights. Get involved with the fast. Maybe you've never fasted before. Ultimately, it's just sacrificing something so you can replace it with God and put, it in, put him in his proper place. And don't be legalistic about it. Many people around here are going to be sacrificing food or media or certain outlets, their calendar, their schedule. Just put more time for reading or praying, getting in the word, getting around uh, other people that are joy-filled. And I'm just telling you, you put God as your priority in 2019, no matter what happens to you, no matter what tragedy, no matter what triumph happens to you, I'm telling you, it's going to be the best year of your life because it's the best year of your life spiritually. So last thing in review, just to review the three things we just said is, listen, pain is my teacher, joy is my weapon, and God is my priority. And I'm telling you, you you declare these things over your life, you'll have the best year of your life ever. Thank you guys so much for watching. I pray that it blessed you. I would love to hear it from you, maybe in the comments or send an email to office at weconnect.cc. I pray that this year is going to be the best year for your life ever. And I believe we're going to do some awesome things as a Connect Church family and a community. I love you guys. It's an honor to be a part of this. God bless.